Welcome to the EXO18 Leadership Podcast with your hosts, Ed Ivey, Christy Ivey, and Kelly Sherpy. Whether you are a pastor, a ministry leader, or leading a kingdom business, this podcast will help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Founded on the principles of Exodus 18, our team discusses leadership challenges that will provide you with encouragement, insight, and ideas. All right, welcome back to the XO18 Leadership Podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. We've got um, an incredible team for our podcast today, including a very special guest. Yeah, absolutely. We have uh, our dear friend, Dr. Michael Spivey, back with us, and he's joining us as we uh, talk through a couple of things today that we're really excited about talking about, kind of unpacking. But it's great to have Mike. Mike, thanks for being with us again on uh, these episodes so man we appreciate having you sure i'm thrilled to death to be here thanks for the opportunity and uh, great to hang out with an awesome crew yeah and mike's got 30 years of ministry leadership experience we just keep adding to that collective experience at this point it's it's like exponentially increasing it's Mm -hmm. it's getting pretty crazy so yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah mike mike's an incredible leader and so I, i know we'll have some incredible value and and be able to dive in with us as we talk about kelly what are we talking about today we're talking about bottleneck leadership bottleneck mm. leadership don't and be that guy don't be that guy don't, or girl or girl yeah. or girl don't, don't be, be that, that guy. person don't be yeah. that person don't be that leader <laughs> yeah don't be that leader so you know we when we you know with various people that we work with it, it really is interesting because one of the things that we see happening is that some of the core issues are just the, i mean I say, I'm saying the same thing. They're, they're core issues that mm-hmm. we find across the board in working with different churches. And, and one of those core issues that we really have identified is this bottleneck mm-hmm. that yeah. there's, there's sometimes when um, there's a stalemate or there's not any growth taking place. Um, it, it's almost like we can pinpoint it to a individual or a person <laughs> or a department or something like that where where there's just been a breakdown or you know something has just stopped Mm -hmm. and there's a bottleneck in there so um i'm really excited about just talking about this a little bit you know Mm -hmm. what what does that look like how to be able to identify it and then what what to do about it yeah but kelly how how do we let's let's just define it a little bit let's let's define what a bottleneck leader is yeah well let me just jump in here real quick before we define that i think because we had mentioned churches but i feel like this is for organizations across the board yeah that's great ministries nonprofits, businesses Mm -hmm. and i think it's just it's one of those pain points of growth Mm -hmm. right because you know when you initially get started you've got a founder that has the vision that's you know getting things up off the ground and then you get to a certain point where everything hinges around that leader and you go, oh, this doesn't work anymore. <laughs> right. And 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 there's, I think there has to be a lot of energy to kind of get up over that hump. So let's talk about it. So the bottleneck leader is defined as a point of congestion in a system that occurs when workloads arrive at a given point more quickly than the other point can handle them. Mm-hmm. It's a very, yeah, that's it's yeah, it's accurate. very accurate definition. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but like you said. Progress stalls, growth is limited, and I think the biggest thing is that people are frustrated. Right. Huh. By myself at times because we get pulled on in so many different directions. What a great problem that we have. Yeah. I mean, it, it's great being where we are right now. I mean, we have a lot of demand on us, you know. Right. And But I do find myself at, at moments just indecisive, not being able to to make a decision because it's almost like I'm paralyzed with so mm-hmm. much information. Mm-hmm. And I think the larger an organization is, the more it becomes like that. You yeah. just, 
you're trying to navigate and right. so many moving parts and so many, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think we'll be able to get to some of the solution because I know there are people that are listening and yeah. leaders that are listening. They're like, yeah, that's, that's me. That's 100% right. me. And I think too, indecision and that paralysis can come in when, um, you're trying to, you're, you're, you're moving towards a scalable, uh, you, you realize you need to be scalable and that means you need to delegate, but you're mm-hmm. still trying to figure out what, and we're going to give some, the reason I'm kind of setting this up is because we're going to, we're going to dig deeper into this in a few minutes, but what are things that you need to continue doing and you need to make sure you're, you are focusing on, and then what do you need to delegate? What do you need to um, possibly stop doing? What do you need to simplify? So uh, what do you need to automate? So I think what, what happens is you're at a place where too much information is coming in you're not, not able to process it in a timely manner or address it in a timely manner. And so then you have to make some decisions. Yeah. Well, and two, I think mm-hmm. it, it really depends on the, the, the background, the makeup of the leader, mm-hmm. him or herself. I know I'm a, I'm a consensus builder mm-hmm. uh, type of leader. And so when I can't get consensus, I get paralyzed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, that's and a great, that's mm-hmm. a great yeah. point. That's, that's really good. good. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was just going to chime in the other thing, and I think, you know, from leading an organization and you, you're you b- being needed in so many different areas and having to switch hats, and it's mm-hmm. like, we didn't answer over here on media, and then it's like staffing and HR and personnel, mm-hmm. and then, you know what I mean, like, it's it's shifting in so many directions, and I think sometimes you have to, it takes a minute to, like, orient yourself, process through the information, and then to be able mm-hmm. to make, you know, make a decision that you want to stand on. Yeah. It, it yeah. can be kind of challenging jumping back and forth between all those different things. That's good. Yeah, I know we we kind of wrote down some notes related to this that I think, you know, it's just awesome as far as some of these characteristics, but overanalyzing. Oh, Mm. totally. Overanalyzing is is a big one, you know. I mean, can't can't do anything because we've got to, you know, run this through so many processes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, trying to get to. And then... Or needing to collect more data. And kind of, it made me think, Mike, what you said about consensus. And do you, do you think there are times that um, consensus can slide into over any type of owner over analyzing? I or? can overthink lunch mm. <laughs> <laughs> personally, but uh, yeah, and just where the where the organization is as an organization. Mm-hmm. I mean that that plays into this too. There was a time in in the the church that I lead where they slid everything across the desk and said, "Have yeah. at it." Right. right. Mm. Um, but here we are 15 years later mm-hmm. and that that can't function like that anymore. Yeah, right? that's that's true. I have the greatest story on overanalyzing. Oh, let's okay. hear it. So this is a few years ago. Can I smile? Yes, you can smile. <laughs> so this is a few years ago. I mean, I, I was so, I, I, I mean, indecision, overanalyzing, over busyness. I mean, just all those things. I, I, was, I was feeling all of it. I felt completely overwhelmed in life and ministry and just all those things and christy and i she she'll she'll, she'll know what I know i'm where getting this is going you already know so uh we're traveling i can't even remember where we were going but we you know get to the rental car place we go out and it's part of the deal we just walk out and pick out whatever car it is you know mm-hmm. the, the little executive aisle deal so we get out there and i'm standing there and i'm trying to find a car and I'm just going from car to car. No, I don't want this car. No, I don't want this. I mean, I'm just going to all the different cars. And I was so paralyzed. Mm. And uh, you talk about over over analyzing every single car that that one decision felt so 
overwhelming for mm-hmm. me. I stood there and mm-hmm. almost broke down in tears. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. Do, do you remember? I mean, I was just standing there and I just looked at Christine. And I said, I, I can't make a decision. Mm-hmm. It was like I had decision fatigue. Right. And then we you got know? in a convertible Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> and it was winter. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah. It, I just but said, at hey, least I made a decision. You know? warmer, so right. I was like, it's fine. But yeah, yeah. And we were fine. Yeah. We were completely fine. <laughs> so classic overanalyzing. So now I just try to go out and I only look at like four different cars now yeah, instead of yeah. 20 of them. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, and then you know another uh, another characteristic of a bottleneck leader is micromanaging. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we could do a whole episode. We could sit here. We could just sit here for a minute. Managing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell war stories about how we've been micromanaged. Uh, yes. <laughs> because we never have. I, I have never in my life micromanaged anything. <laughs> right. But, but it's, never. It's true. Um, there's we have our own stories, like Mike, you were referring to, of being micromanaged. That my, but then what's hard is when we realize we become the micromanager. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we're like, oh, no, no. Mike, be- best story, best experience from you being micromanaged. Okay. I, that immediately comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm working as a staff pastor. I had been sent on an errand uh, because I was doing some manual labor around the church. It was before the days of when cell phones were so, you know, pronounced. So we had pagers. Oh, God. Oh, pagers. So 911. I, so I get a pager, 911, <laughs> call the church. So I stop and call the church, and uh, he says, I said, Pastor, what is it? I just got your just got your page. And he says, hey, I need you to stop and get me a Pepsi on your way back. Oh, stop. 911. 911. 911. This is an emergency right. situation. Yeah. I need the Pepsi. A little, little micromanage. That's a little bit of micromanage, yeah. So let's then transition into why this is, you know, the worst leadership model ever. <laughs> right? But yet everybody's go to. But everyone's, yeah, but everyone's doing it. I know. It is, it is that point of growth. And I do think that there's so much frustration and it takes so much energy and intentionality to get over this hump because you're even if you're working towards getting out of that bottleneck you still have to keep the organization afloat there's some things that you just can't stop doing right and yet you're having to either train or hand off or you know and none of those things are just easy you can't just say oh today i'm going to hand off you know what this task or this thing and i'm going to hand it off off over here to mike and he's just going to be able to Mm -hmm. know it and run with it right like there's that transition period so it sounds like you know it sounds easy like yeah we'll just delegate and do all the stuff Mm -hmm. but there's it's that hump of being able to get over and do the transition and then the first time that that person that you hand it off to uh, messes up because they will right or they won't do it the way that you did it and then you have to be able to either walk alongside them or to, you know, bring some feedback or, you know, there's always that back and forth. And the, the easy thing to do is to want to take it back. Yeah. Right. And to want to take it back and, and, um, and think it's just easier for me to just have everything rather than train someone, delegate, Mm -hmm. pass it off and to let them run with it. So, and you know, if, if a leader doesn't do that and they find themselves either the problem or they know where the problem in the organization is. If, if some of that is not resolved, growth stalls. Yeah. Growth, growth will, I, I mean, um, it, you can have all the right components. You can have the right programs in place. You can have the right people in place. You can have, you know, the right resources. You can have all those things. But if you have a bottleneck somewhere 
in your leadership pipeline or within the organization that is preventing growth from taking place. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter how much you try to work at something, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stall out. Right. And, uh, you know, we've identified this in, in a couple of organizations that we've worked with. I'm thinking of one that had really grown incredibly. Mm. And, um, you know, and they were experiencing some great growth, but they found that there was a bottleneck in their leadership pipeline. Right. And, uh, and even just us working with them through that process, they just accelerated so quickly. Just, it was like, just, we got to free this up. Right. And in that one situation, I don't think it was that that person wanted things done. I don't think that it, um, accountability, like not accountability. I'm trying to think the right way to describe it. It was more that the person had a hard time understanding that they could automate certain things and, and utilize some platforms mm-hmm. to to alleviate and they were somehow stuck in a mode of oh i've got to be the person that's like personally approving all of this and it was almost like a technology thing that i think once they were able to get over that hump that was real that putting things on automation for them i think was a big thing but sometimes i think we see that decision there's like leaders are held back because they they want quality control they want it to they want to make sure that um hey my our the organization's dna is there the culture like who we are is being accurately represented Mm -hmm. and i think that's a a separate situation from just automating things and Mm -hmm. you know technology and I want to really just express that there are there are ways to do it. You don't have to um, you don't have to limit um, you don't have to shortchange excellence. Uh, what you need to do is focus on how can I properly express uh, the mission of this, the heart behind this, the the values, and then how can we bring in some accountability? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to just delegate and give it to somebody and then never touch base with them or never mm-hmm. have a follow-up system. Mike, can you can you speak to some of that? Yeah, you know, I was thinking this is not only a big adjustment for the person who is the bottleneck, but it's a big adjustment for people who are further down the food chain. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of one particular situation where, where uh, we had a, a guy who always came to me for his department's mm-hmm. stuff. We made some changes. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Every department feels like they get shortchanged. You know? So uh, I said, okay, now you're going to go to so-and-so. And for two years, he tried to continue to come back to me. Mm. You know? mm. So for him, it was like, yeah, but you're... Yeah, you're the guy. You're the guy, yeah. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So to try to convince people and, and work that throughout the whole system, it, yeah. it can be difficult for everybody. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's let's spend a little bit of time just talking about um, how do you stop mm. the bottleneck? <laughs> yeah, that's how, do, great. how do you how do you do that? And I know you know we we've kind of you know processed through a, a, a few things that um, we wanted to share with you on how how to stop that. And I think one of the first things that you have to do is before we jump into some application is is gain some clarity. Right. Mm. And uh, and there has to be almost the acknowledgement. And, and it, it really is funny. We, we, we always in our 
episodes we go back to transparency because mm-hmm. you have to be able to be kind of self-aware mm-hmm. right especially if you're the problem it's so good you know to be able to say okay you know I, i'm the problem it takes and a lot of humility I to, to I admit to that do something about it you know right. and um and, and recognize that and then uh just as far as application you know really looking at that you know there's a saying that i mm-hmm. heard that um that that i've started utilizing some when we uh, do some coaching and 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 working with teams and i have them fill in this blank if blank and you put your name right there if blank does not do this then the future of the organization will be threatened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm, that's good and so whatever whatever is in that box is priority whatever is on that line Mm -hmm. is, is priority and Anything that's not there needs to be eliminated, mm. automated, or delegated. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, as we step into places and working with different teams, there are so many things that, that we see that can just be eliminated. Yeah, it's true. That that's sometimes, true. In, you know, it, it, there, you kind of have to be delicate with it at, at times, but it's, you know, there, and, and I'm just looking back, you know, all, all the years of leadership and, you know, ministry and all that, man, there were so many things that I did that I'm, I'm thinking, why? Yes. <laughs> like, why? Why was, was this, was this necessary? Was this really a necessary task that, you know, and if we can look and just say, you know, that, that there are things that we're doing that we don't have to do that right. are taking up the bandwidth, that are taking up the mm-hmm. energy, that are taking up mm-hmm. the time, that are taking, like, no, we're, we're going to stop doing that. Right. Because it doesn't help us in achieving anything mm-hmm. organizationally or it's right. not helping us achieve the mission or the vision that we're going after. Yeah. And, um, and what's the motivation behind why we do those things? I, so know. I think that's, that's a, big, a great yeah. question. Yeah. So I want to be the hero. Depends on what it is. I want yeah. people to think this about me and yeah. therefore. Right. Mm-hmm. Hero or ego. Yeah. yeah. Right. The other thing that I bring up to a lot of people is that busyness is not always fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. So just because mm-hmm. you feel busy doesn't mean you're busy doing right. the right things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually moving the ball down the field, mm-hmm. accomplishing the mission and the vision. Well, and you know, man, talking about the business part, let, let me just, let me unpack this real quick. You know, one of the things that I, I realized I used to do as a leader at times, whenever I felt like we were lacking momentum, I would create something new. Mm. And it, Can and I create, smile? And creating something new. It's a painful smile. (laughs) And creating something new, it brought some um, instant life. Momentum. Mm -hmm. But it was just all pseudo momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it didn't last, you know, it was just, and and then you end up doing those things and then you become kind of a a slave to them. Mm, Wow. To the programs or whatever you've instituted, you know, and those are things that I I think we need to look at. What are those things that we created? What are those, um, you know, uh, kind of auxiliary, uh, auxiliary, that's more, Mm -hmm. auxiliary um, Mm -hmm. programs or ministries that we started up that aren't, aren't fruitful. They're not, they're not producing anything, but now we're like, it's just redundant. We're just doing Mm. it now. Um, that's probably something to evaluate and say, you know, are there some of those things that exist that we just need to eliminate? They it's, don't it's not work, necessarily you know? furthering the mission of the organization. It's not doing anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> that's a great note right there. That's, that's kinda, you know, yeah. great yes. moment. Um, second, just as far as application is just simplifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Just the importance of simplifying for a minute. All right. I mean, if we want to get biblical, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible talks a lot about pruning. Yes. Yeah. And, and pruning being the thing that's necessary for growth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And at some point you get, again, like you get extra branches on the tree and they need to be cut back mm-hmm. so that you can actually keep moving forward and pouring the resources and the talent and the leadership into the things that are accomplishing the mission. Yeah. Yeah. My people get sick and tired of me saying this, but I tell them all the time, whenever you say yes to something, mm-hmm. you're saying no to something else. Oh, that's right. good. You know, and, and simplifying what you want to be about has got to be like priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. High. Yeah. We, it, Things don't have to be as complex as what we make them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really do right. have a habit of making things more complex. Yeah. I mean, here's a good idea. Uh, well, hmm. I was going to say, let's just use the Bible as our guide. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some simplicity. <laughs> in, you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. just uh, some very clear principles for us that mm-hmm. we, I think, overthink sometimes. So. XO18. XO18, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well, also automate. We kind of touched on that earlier. And, you know, Kelly, you really have an amazing, um, I don't even know how to say it. Like, um, you just know so many platforms. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you do. My work, I like to say my work love language is efficiency. Okay. And I don't know if that just comes from being like a working mom Mm. my whole life. And I'm like, nobody's got time for this. Like, honestly. My biggest frustration with organizations when we're doing things that can be done simpler, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm mm-hmm. like, we want to do the things that matter. So yeah. if you can use a platform or some technology to mm-hmm. simplify something or put a system in place that just takes care of it for right. you, then, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't we do that? I I didn't even realize what was available until we started mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that technology is improving constantly. And it's you know it is hard to it to stay on top of all of that and mm-hmm. i think that's one of the benefits of having an outside um you know firm that is staying on top of some of those things to be able right. to come in and say wow have you guys thought about this have you thought about this platform that connect connect that platform mm-hmm. and i'm working with a client right now and um they're in a they're in a platform and um i said you know i you're not using it at the capacity and and he was like, I know, I know, but I, you know, there's a learning curve. And um, then you have to retrain people. And I said, I know, but if you can do it and you can stay committed to it, you're going to save so much time on this end. And Kelly, right. un- unpack some of that, like, you know, an experience or or the f- benefits that you found when you're working with clients when they get on the other end. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean. I think if you want to if you want to exponentially increase your bandwidth, mm-hmm. find some platforms and some ways to utilize technology. So, mm-hmm. even going down to I know that in, in previous podcasts we've talked about organizational communication, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I find as I go in and work with clients that's so clunky is their communication yeah. and especially their reporting. Mm-hmm. So I was working with a client and they were doing having everyone submit a lengthy uh, weekly report by email to a central person who then had to organize it and then would send it both to the senior pastor and the executive pastor. And that whole process, I mean, just took hours upon hours upon hours. And then by the time the information actually got disseminated to the people that needed to make decisions and to speak into some of those things, I mean, it already felt like it was two days late. Wow. Right. Right. 
And so when I went in there and was working with them and I started suggesting some platforms, I'm like, you realize that there's some things that you can utilize organizationally that will just automate this. It will sort it for you. It will populate it to the people that it needs to populate to. And now you've just freed up 10 hours for your administrative assistant who's been doing Mm -hmm. this by hand Mm -hmm. every single week. And you've got real time Mm -hmm. data, you know, and I think they're just they looked at me like I had three heads because again, I'm introducing something that they'd never. And I think if you just once you get used to doing something, you don't even know that it's 10 years later still still doing the same thing doing email and excel spreadsheets which right i've i heard a funny well we'll unpack that in a later episode so i'll have to just give you a little um teaser for a future episode on excel (laughs) hell (laughs) well when this whole internet fad is over (laughs) you guys come and talk to me because that's the level i'm at with automation (laughs) where's the paper where's the paper okay i have a funny story so i went in to work with an organization and it it really blew my mind that they were still keeping they had everything in binders like Mm. paper binders Mm. and i'm like organizationally is there not a central there could be a fire (laughs) right i'm like and then what um it was it was so outdated and it was just driven by by a fear of um security issues and stuff like that um and so we had to work through the fear piece of that because it it was that was actually bought technologically bottlenecking the organization and was such an achilles heel and was creating so much frustration amongst the organization of to have to go find the binder yeah. dig through right. it and then to also participate in the system yeah. and have to print everything and put it Replace in a binder it and wow. i mean now granted this was probably like five or six years ago but even then like that was a clunky yeah. outdated yeah. system yeah. and so but sometimes we just you know we get used to things and we just hang on to the way that we've always done it mm-hmm. and i just have the image of like that harry potter scene where they're down in the cave and you know they're going down into the vaults and everything like that they're like I'm going down you. into the I'm vaults to Right, the you know the binder that we need. Well, I was thinking exactly. about Harry Potter when the book comes out from under the bed and it's like, and all the pages are flying everywhere. Okay, well, I know we want to uh, kind of wrap up this episode, so I wanted to share a couple of thoughts uh, for all of our leaders that are listening. That maybe you find yourself as the bottleneck. Um, here's here's what I want to encourage you to do: is relinquish control. Mm. You have to be able to to let go of some things. Um, to be able to not always have to be that guy that has to make every mm-hmm. decision. And you're also going to be the, one of the things that I'm coaching a, 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 a leader on right now is being okay to delegate and being okay with 75% of what he wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get a hundred when you delegate and you let some things go and you kind of open up that, that area of your life and you cease being the bottleneck, you're going to have to be okay with just saying, it's not going to be exactly how I want it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's right. okay. Yeah. That's how yeah. the growth begins to happen. Because, right. um, and I heard a great leader say this recently, you can have control mm-hmm. or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Right. And so there, there's That'll that preach. tension in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you have, to, you have to be able to learn to empower. And mm-hmm. so we, yeah. we'd love to help, you know, talk you through some of that and uh, work with you on your journey. If there's anything that we can do to kind of be a, of an assistance to you, hit us up. We'd love to be able to connect with you. Any final thoughts? Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Right. Don't be that guy or girl. Or girl. Or, girl or person. Or, or that leader. Person. Or that leader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr. Mike, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. And uh, it's a real honor to have you here. And um, we'll catch you on our next episode. God bless you. 
Thanks for joining the XO18 Leadership Podcast. We hope that by listening today, you moved a little closer from where you are to where you want to be. Check out our website at XO18.com for some great free resources. And stay connected by following us on social media on Instagram at XO18Strategy and Facebook at XO18. We hope that today's episode has helped you and been a blessing to you. Be sure to subscribe and